Open your Bibles today to Romans, the eighth chapter, and we'll look at verse 14. Our series that we're going to be teaching in these classes is called Spirit Led, Spirit Led. Many years ago, Brother Hagin said this. He said, if you can teach people to follow their spirits, you can help them in every arena of life. Brenda and I had the privilege of working for Kenneth Hagin Ministries back in 1977, right on till 1978 in the fall. And one of the privileges that I had working there was to edit his teachings in the editing room. I'd get all of his radio broadcasts ready, edit them, and then we'd send them out to hundreds and hundreds of uh, radio stations throughout the United States. But also, back in the 70s, he taught a series called How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. And uh, that's one of the books that I'm sure that all of you students and everyone here should read and have it as a handbook and read it over and over and over again throughout your life. It will enhance your life spiritually. Well, I had the privilege of editing all of those teachings, and so I'm privileged today to be able to bring to you the truths that have so uh, been imparted into my life and been such a great, great blessing. So I consider it an honor and a privilege to minister to you today. In Proverbs chapter, in Romans 8:14, it says this: "For as many as are led." By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Is that right? Well, let's go ahead and read that verse together. Ready? Read. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, let's all declare this boldly. I am a son of God. I am a child of God, and I'm being led daily by the Spirit of God. Now, in Proverbs chapter 20, and we notice in verse uh, 27, and we, I love the participation uh, during this class. You that are watching by video and you that are here live tonight, it's good to participate. Amen. In Proverbs 20, in verse 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Let's read that verse together. Ready, read. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Another translation of Proverbs twenty twenty seven says this, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Now, if it was written in today's language, we could say it this way, that the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. So what does that mean? Well, one thing that it means is that God will enlighten us. He will guide us through our spirits. Guidance comes through your spirit by the Holy Spirit from the Father of spirits. Amen. Amen. And of course, you know, many times people seek guidance many other ways other than the way that God said. Sometimes, you know, it's easy to judge how God is leading by what our physical senses tell us. 
But nowhere does the Bible say that God will lead us and guide us through our physical senses. It's so easy to look at things from a mental standpoint or a natural standpoint. Now, one of my favorite verses of scriptures, and I know it's yours as well. I mean, every Christian should know this. In Proverbs chapter 3, in verses 5 and 6, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Amen. All of your heart. All of your inner man. All of your spirit man. That is where we trust God. And that is where God leads us. Now notice this. And he says, and lean not to thine own understanding. We could say it this way. Lean not to thy reasoning. Lean not to what you may know up here or what you may think up here. Lean not to thy own understanding. There's a danger in doing that. But it says, in all thy ways. How many of thy ways? He said, in all of thy ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge that he's there. Acknowledge that he lives on the inside of you. Acknowledge that he knows more than you do. It shouldn't be such a great revelation to all of us that God is smarter than us. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. I heard this phrase years ago, and I can't improve on it, so I'll I'll just tell you what it is. Don't exclude him from the decisions in your life. Don't keep him on the outside, but rather include him in all of your ways. And what's he going to do? And he shall direct your paths. God has got good paths for you. God's got a good future for you. You want to trust him. You want to acknowledge him. You want to lean on him so that the paths that he's directing you in are clear so that you can walk in and walk out the fullness of the plan of God. And so nowhere in the word of God does it say that God will lead us by our mentality. The Bible does not say that the body is the candle of the Lord. It says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It does not say that the mind is the candle of the Lord. It says that the spirit of man, it is the candle of the Lord. So say it with me real strong. God is guiding me. He is enlightening me through my spirit. Now, it's very important for us to understand when we're talking about being spirit-led, the threefold nature of man. The threefold nature of man is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It's important for us to understand the nature of man. We need to know that man is a spirit who has a soul and who lives in a physical body. Say that with me, I am a spirit, I, am a spirit. I, have a soul, I have a soul, and I live, and I live. In, a in a physical body. So man is an eternal spirit. Amen. And it's important to know that that's where God leads us, and that's where he will communicate with us. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 for a moment. 
And notice with me in verse 26 and verse 27. The book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27. When you have it, say, I have it. Genesis 1, 26, 27. And God said, so this is God speaking, right? This is God's word speaking to us. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the sea. And over the fowl of the air. And over the cattle. And over all the earth. And every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So man then created in the image and likeness of God, is a spirit being. Amen. Remember that Jesus said this about God. He said in John chapter 4, verse 24, can you quote it with me? John 4, 24, let's go ahead and quote it. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So if God is his spirit and we're made in his likeness, man must of necessity also be a spirit being. And Paul understood that. Paul had great revelation of this eternal spirit man. The apostle Paul, writing to the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, He said this, and we really was praying this, and the very God of peace, aren't you glad that he's the God of peace? No matter what may be going on around us, no matter what may be going on in your nation and your country, thank God he is the God of peace. He is the God of shalom. He is the God of nothing missing and nothing broken. Hallelujah. He is the God of peace. And I pray peace over your life. I pray peace over your nation. I pray peace over your heart. I pray peace over your mind in the matchless name, the name above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God he is the God of peace. He's not the God of worry. He's not the God of stress. He's not the God of anxiety. He is the very God of shalom. Hallelujah. So look at your neighbor and say, Shalom, Shalom. Amen. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. Amen. With your spirit, amen, you contact the spiritual realm. With your spirit, you contact God who is a spirit. And think about this. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, what are they? They are spirit and they are life. You have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, access to this word, which is spirit 
and truth. And the God of spirits will speak to you through this book by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So with our spirit, we contact the spiritual realm. With our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, we contact this intellectual realm. But with your body, you contact the physical realm. Amen. Say it with me. God is a spirit. And the only way I can contact him is through my spirit. Mark Brzee, who also wrote a great book, and he's one of your instructors also in your, in your Bible training center. Mark Brzee wrote a tremendous book called The Guide Inside. I highly recommend getting that book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth e. Hagan, and The Guide Inside by Mark Brzee. Mark Brzee said this in his book. He said, The spirit of man is the core of your being, just like the core of the apple is the heart of the apple. Now, it's interesting to me that Paul begins with the inside. He doesn't say body, soul, and spirit. He says spirit, soul, and body. And yet, if you listen very carefully, a lot of people quote it backwards. They say, your body, your mind, and your spirit. And I think one of the reasons why that is, is because people are more body conscious. They're more naturally minded conscious than they are spiritual, spiritually conscious. Amen. And so it is spirit, soul, and and body. Can you say amen? amen? So spiritual things will become more real to us the more spirit conscious we can become. And I think one of the greatest ways to become spiritually conscious or God inside minded is not only through the word of God, but also through communion with him. And one of the greatest ways that I know how to commune with him is by praying in the Spirit or by praying in the Holy Ghost. You've received instruction, I'm sure, about praying in the Spirit. As you pray in the Spirit, what happens is your natural mind gets quiet. When you pray in the Spirit, the distractions of this age, if you'll focus on your spirit, While you're praying in the spirit, the distractions of this age quiet down. The things of this world become extremely dim. And all of a sudden, God will highlight the inner man and highlight what he's saying to you on the inside by the precious power of the Holy Ghost. So praying in the spirit is a gift from God. Praying in the Spirit is one way that you can contact the Father of Spirits and pick up very easily on what He's saying to you down on the inside. We need to pay attention to what signals we're getting down here. But we'll never pick up what signals we're getting down here if we're living up here. We need to live in here. Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit. Amen. So if you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you must become more Spirit conscious 
or it will be easy to miss out on the whole thing. Dad Hagen said this many years ago. He said, I began to think like this. And at first I would say it to myself out loud. He would say, I'm a spirit being. I have a soul and I live in a body. He said, saying that helped me become more spirit conscious. It helped my faith because faith is of the spirit and faith is of the heart. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the 16th verse. We're, We're just driving home this fact in this first session Do we become spirit conscious because we are created in the image and likeness of God? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul said this, But thou art outward man perish, yet the inward man is what? Did you know this? That you're not getting a day older on the inside? That's good news. (laughs) That's why we can boldly say he's renewing our youth, just like the eagles. Amen. The outward man is perishing. Of course, the outward man is is getting older. The outward man is perishing. But thank God, the inward man is renewed day by day. So we can see from 2 Corinthians 4.16, there's an outward man and there's an inward man. The outward man is not the real you. The outward man is the body in which you live. The inward man is the real you. The inward man never grows older. Hallelujah. The inward man is a spirit man. And what did Peter say about this, this uh, inner inward man? First Peter chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 4. And as you get it, we'll go ahead and read it. First Peter 3 and verse 4. Let's go ahead and read. Ready? Read. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So Peter calls this inward man the hidden man of the heart. So in places in throughout the Bible, when you see the word heart, it is speaking of your spirit, the real you. Amen. In the New Testament, wherever the word heart is used, I want to encourage you to substitute the word spirit and you'll get a clear picture of what the Bible says and what it's talking about. Your heart and your spirit are used interchangeably throughout the word of God. And as a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. How many folks are in Christ in the classroom today? How many folks that are in Christ in the house tonight? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what is he? He is a new creature. Thank God old things have passed away. Thank God the past is gone. The past is over with. The past must be left behind. Old things are passed away. But oh, thank God, behold, all things have become new. 
Say it with me. I am, I am a new creation. Now, this is when he's talking about this new creation or this new creature, he's not talking about the outward man. He's talking about the inward man. Amen? When we're born again and we become new creations in Christ, how many of you know we don't get a new body? Some of you may, may have enjoyed one of those. But the truth of the matter is that the outward man... I mean, it's just like it was before. I mean, if you had brown eyes before you got born again, you got brown eyes the day after you were born again. Is that right? If you were tall the day you got born again, you were tall after you got born again. Amen. And we could go on and on with that. But the outward man doesn't change. God doesn't do anything with the outward man. We must do something with the outward man. We must do something with our physical body. Amen? Amen. In Romans, the 12th chapter, it tells us what we are to do. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, you... The real you. Who is the real you? The real you is a spirit man. So when Paul is saying that you present your bodies to God, he's talking about your spirit man who should be in control of your outward man, who should be in control of your soul, you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you present your body as a living sacrifice. And this is something that we need to be doing every day. I mean, when you get up in the morning, during the course of the day, just remind yourself who you are and remind your body who's in charge. Body, you're not in charge of my life. You are not in charge of my soul. I, by the power of the Holy Ghost, am in charge of my physical being. Therefore, I do not let my body dominate me. I do not let my body tell me what to do. I tell my body what to do. I don't let my mind tell me what to do. I don't let my mind tell me what to think. I tell my mind what to think. That's presenting your body, not as a dead sacrifice, but presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Actually, one translation says, which is your spiritual worship. When we live in the spirit and we walk in the spirit, And we are hungry for the things of God. Our body does not control us anymore. Hallelujah. So let's do it right now. You in the classroom, you that are here, just lift up both of your hands and declare this. I present my body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto you. I yield my tongue. I yield my entire being being unto you. you. 
this is your body. I am not my own. And I present it unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if your body wants to go to sleep during teaching, tell your body to wake up. Amen. If your body doesn't want to praise God when it's time to praise God in church or in the classroom, you say, body, we're going to praise God. We're going to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. We're not going to live under the cloud of the physical realm. We're going to soar like eagles in the realm of the spirit. Body, I command you to obey the inner man. Amen. Paul knew about this. He was encouraging them. He knew that it was a danger. If people became body conscious, they would be that they would be held back to the natural realm and kept out of the complete and the fullness of the plan that God has for them. So the Apostle Paul would encourage them and he would exhort them. He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, You present your body as a living sacrifice. It's your spiritual worship. It's your duty. It's your duty as a man of God, as a woman of God. It is your duty as a Christian not to allow your body to dominate you. Paul knew about this. And we're, we're getting into some things tonight, I think, that are good for all of us to hear. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. Again now, remember this. I beseech you, therefore, that you present, your spirit man, present your body. 1 Corinthians nine twenty-seven says it this way. But I, the real me, my spirit man, but I... Keep under my body. It's another way of saying, I don't let my my body dominate me. I dominate my body. My body does not have dominion over me. But I keep under my body. And what did he do? He said, I bring it into subjection. Subjection to what? Subjection to the inner man. Subjection to the Spirit of God on the inside. Lest by any means, while I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway or should be disqualified. Now, many of you are studying for ministry. And many of you are very diligent about following and fulfilling and finishing the plan of God for your life. I want to stress to you the utmost importance of not allowing your body to disqualify you from what God has for you. Don't want to be negative. Don't want to mention people's names. That's none of my business. But Brenda and I throughout the years have seen wonderful, strongly, highly anointed people of God let their bodies disqualify them from what God's got for them. But say it with me real strong, not me. Not me, me, Lord. Lord. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to find, I'm going to fulfill, and I'm going to finish 
all the things you called me to do. Tony Cook, a great friend of ours, said this many years ago. He says, you're either going to finish your course or your course will finish you. Don't let that happen. And it doesn't have to happen as we will present our bodies unto God as a living sacrifice. So we see then God does something with the inward man, doesn't he? He made us a new creation. He put us into right standing with God. He made us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He made us the head and not the tail. He made us above and not beneath. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. He redeemed us. Who glory to God. He seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's blessed us. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, God is good all the time. And God is good to all of us. So he's done something with the inward man. And during the course of your studies throughout these years, as you're you're preparing for ministry, as you're getting your spirit man built up and fed really well, Praise God. Make sure that you continually renew your minds with the truth of who you are and what you have and what you can do in and through Jesus Christ. So we see again, God does something with the inward man. He makes the man on the inside a new man in Christ, a new creation. But we do something with the outward man. Amen. Now. In the New Testament, you will see over and over again the emphasis that God places on the believer. The emphasis, the things that he calls us as believers to do. Uh, I think of one right off the top of my heart. We are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Amen. He emphasizes the importance of walking with God. What else are we to walk in as New Testament Christians? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, it says we are to walk in what? In We're to walk in the Spirit. Galatians, I believe, 5.22. And as we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lusts or the desires of the flesh. And then he goes on to list... What walking in the Spirit looks like for a born-again believer. There's nine of the fruit that he mentions in Galatians chapter 5. Walking in the Spirit is walking in love, right? Walking in the Spirit is walking in joy. Walking in faithfulness, long-suffering, and so on. So we see in the New Testament that we we are encouraged to live our life in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And then another one is be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 5 and verse 18. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 18th verse. We could look at that. Walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And when we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, we're not talking about being filled with the Spirit just one time. Ephesians chapter 5 
And I, I think it's verse 18. I might have it wrong. Ephesians 5:18. Okay, notice this. Let's read this together. Ready, read. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled. Be what? Be filled with the Spirit. Well, somebody says, I was filled with the Spirit 20 years ago, but are you full today? There's a difference of being filled with the Holy Spirit in the experience, having hands laid on you, and perhaps speaking in tongues on occasion, than being filled with all the fullness of the Spirit every day. It says in one translation where it says, but be filled with the Spirit. It says, but be being filled with the Spirit. That means being filled with the Spirit every day. Filled with the Holy Ghost every day. And how do we stay full of the Spirit? One way that we can stay full of the Spirit is by praising God. Another way we can stay full of the Spirit is by rejoicing every day in the Lord and praying much in the Holy Ghost. And so we're to walk in the Spirit. We are to be filled with the Spirit. We are to be praying in the Spirit. We are to live our lives full of the Holy Ghost. Now the truth is this. You and I... We are temples of the Holy Ghost. Ooh, glory to God. Temples. And we taste We do not want to fill this temple with junk. We don't want to fill this temple with the pollutions that are in the world. We're temples of the Holy Ghost. Notice with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And we'll get into... The different ways that God leads us. This is a class on spirit-led. This is just the first session. We're just kind of laying some groundwork. But primarily what we're going to look at during the course of this uh, teaching is the inward witness. That's the number one way that God does lead us. And we'll look at several examples throughout the Word of God in future classes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and verse 20, it says, What? <laughs> know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is where? Which is in you, which is in your inner man. Which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price... Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oh, man. Think about the advantage you and I have. Just think of the benefit that you have as a student, that you have as a Christian. The benefit that you have of being a mobile, living, walking Breathing temple of the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. And so, because we have this benefit of the third person of the Godhead living on the inside of us, we need to learn to benefit from that. 
We need to learn to benefit from His person living in us. To live in the Spirit, I love this quote, to live in the Spirit. This is a quote from Nancy Dufresne, which is another tremendous book called Following Him, Following Him, the Leading of the Holy Spirit. She said this, To live in the Spirit means to be mindful of the Spirit within our own spirits and listen to and follow what He communicates to us in our spirits. Again, everyone say, God inside-minded. Now, the scripture we're going to look at in closing here in just a couple of moments is found in John chapter 16. And let's look at verse 13 through 15. John 16, verses 13 through 15. Amen. And we're going to read this verse together. Amen. All right. Y'all ready? Let's read. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come he will guide you into all truth he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, said I, that he will take of mine and he will show it unto you. And what he shows you is truth. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. You may not be able to figure it out in your head. How shall these things be? But what he shows you is always the truth. He he is the truth-giving spirit. And all he's looking for is men and women of God that will take the time to fellowship with him And to hear the truth that he wants to bring into our hearts. Notice with me, there are three times in these verses. You you study it, students. You study it, folks that are here tonight. You study this. He shows three times in these scriptures the word shows us. Shows us. He will show you things to come. He will take from my father and show it unto you he will reveal he will disclose he will transmit the truth down into your spirit who glory to god and when you get the truth down in your spirit the truth will liberate you it'll make you free it'll enable you to fulfill what god has placed on the inside of you hallelujah what a benefit what a blessing think about it He shows us what's ahead. He shows you what's ahead. And incidentally, there's some great and glorious things that are ahead. Oh, I'm going to say it again. There's some great and glorious things that are ahead for all of us. 
it may not look like it, it may not feel like it, but God is on the throne and he's living in you and he's going to cause his will to come to pass. The future of the body of Christ is glorious. The future of the body of Christ is bright. So he shows us what's ahead. But one of the other reasons why he shows us what's ahead is so that you and I can be prepared. See, what he shows us does not automatically come to pass apart from our faith. God's given us the faith to believe the truth that he gives us so that we can be prepared for what lies ahead. Students, you're in a time of preparation. A time of preparation is not wasted time. This time of preparation, I'm telling you, things are happening in your spirit. Things are going on down on the inside of you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The future is bright for you and for yours in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. This concludes class number one. We'll go ahead with class two very soon. God bless you.